When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Yeah, I thought getting the bootlegs going was a big help to us in the second half. We didn't um, get at those early, and we were able to kind of take advantage of those on the big play to Adam and on the touchdown to Adam and on a couple to Rudy, and that was positive. And then I uh, thought we had good productive runs in the second half as well, which were um, positive. And um, no, it's kind of a mix of run and pass and different ways of doing it, and uh, we had a good rhythm to us. That, that was Kirk's evaluation of things leading up to the final couple of drives. This is the final couple of drives that the Vikings offense let him down on. You know, just individual plays. You know, we, we had one where they, they kind of loaded us up in zone and threw incomplete, and then on third down, I uh, worked at him on that out route, and, you know, it was tight coverage and uh, didn't hit it. And then, um, you know, in the two minutes, same thing. Got the completion on first down, second down, didn't get it, and then uh, – you know, third down, didn't get the out route to Adam there either. And then, um, you know, fourth down, you know, played off schedule and didn't didn't get that either. It was just kind of a couple couple different plays. Just to say that we're going to have a more scathing review of what happened in yesterday's game than the level-headed Kirk Cousins, who played really well yesterday. But um, last night, it was Corona Hard Seltzer that helped us get through a devastating Vikings uh, loss. A couple, uh, couple of mango hard seltzers put this guy to sleep after a, a long day. Uh, of watching Vikings and doing Vikings vent line and reacting and posting things to our YouTube and podcast channels. I need my Corona Hard Seltzers to, uh, to help me get there. So thank you to Corona Hard Seltzer for sponsoring Purple Daily. It is the only hard seltzer made with Pier Beach vibes with a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spikes sparkling water with natural flavors. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Football. Dallas trailing by four. Uh-oh. Lamb went in motion. Dalton looking in. So he throws. Touchdown. Wide open is the tight end, Dalton Schultz. The Cowboys take the lead. I don't think we played well enough to win today. Uh, we had our opportunities, made too many mistakes, uh, three fumbles in the first half, lost two. We, um, you know, we had too many penalties, weren't good in the red zone on defense today. And then, uh, you know, obviously the, you know, we can't get the fourth down play to win the game. So um, we got to get back to work. We had a good week of practice. We just didn't uh, didn't play well enough, I don't think. Yeah.
Welcome in to Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff producing. And we, as we've said during the beginning of the season, when the Vikings got to a bad start, and as we will say right now, we are your Vikings therapists. If you're looking for uh, an outlet, if you're looking for a way to actually voice your thoughts, Vikings Vent Line is a great place on Sundays. Yesterday was wound up being a really therapeutic show, I think, for a lot of people. But every Monday... Win or lose, we go through our Viking statements regarding the big picture, regarding the small picture, whatever we want. And I have a feeling that we may have more statements off of what happened yesterday and just with where the Vikings are at this season than we've had all year. So, gentlemen, let's just waste no time. Let's start with Judd Zolgad. We also have we have some Packer vent line to mix into here, so stick around for that. But Viking statements off of a devastating loss to the Dallas Cowboys. All right, I'm going to uh, go right for the jugular here. The elephant in the room. Um, I'm going to go to the the crux of the big picture problem with the Vikings offense and give you, in my statement, some numbers that are going to uh, prove to be daunting. In three two-minute drills, down by a combined five points. You're down by one to Tennessee. You're down by one to Seattle. And this that was a little bit more difficult. And then you were down by three to Dallas. Your Minnesota Vikings are two for nine offensively. That's throwing the ball? Or? Two for nine. No, no, just two for nine on plays. So in, in completions, I, I believe that they have not run a – I believe that they have not run on a play. So I believe it's all attempted throws – and or don't forget the 14-yard loss on the fumble against the Titans uh, in that week three loss. So just as far as productivity goes, okay, Got it. two for nine in three two-minute drills over a, com- over a combined three games down by five total points. And, yes, it does include a 14-yard loss on a fumble against the Titans. Uh, those, two, those two plays in which there were completions – were a completion to Rudolph for 10 yards in Seattle when you had to get much more, but you only got 10 yards, and the four-yard completion on the play to Dalvin Cook. So essentially, in all three of those cases, you have needed to get significant chunks of yards, and you've gotten a total of 14 yards. Oof. That is what you have done. So so ba- basically, I'm going to give them... The, the Seahawks game and say that that was tough because I believe that was 15 seconds left at their own 25, okay? So let's take out that game and say that would have been incredibly tough. But the Titans game and the Cowboys game, you had time, you had opportunity, you had in the Titans game, a field goal wins the game. In the Cowboys game, a field goal ties said game. And you have looked as inept, and I think the statistics back me up as you possibly can in a situation in which a lot of teams find themselves, and a lot of teams are at least successful sometimes. Though that statement and those statistics to me are a staggering part of the problem. You know, I'm going to piggyback off your statement there because I've got I've got more ammunition to add to your statement. Okay, yeah, and I and I want to preface it by saying the defense got gassed yesterday in the running game. The defense had a couple of chances to put that game on ice at the end. And we will absolutely talk about the defense. We will talk about the special teams in Viking statements. But here's the number one statement I have off yesterday's game. The biggest reason why the Vikings aren't accomplishing more in the last three years is because they are the worst 
two-minute drill team in the NFL. Period. That's not even my opinion. I've got the facts to add to Judd's facts, okay? <laughs> so again, I know you're saying, well, you, 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 I'm already going to unfollow you guys and unsubscribe to your YouTube channel. You guys are missing the ball. No, 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 no. Just hang, hang for 60 more seconds here because, again, I'm telling you, the defense was terrible. The special teams have been terrible. They couldn't stop the running game. And, and you've got defenders jumping out of the way of 42-yard touchdown runs. And all those things are true. But in the NFL, the games flow in different ways. And almost all of them come down to a team having the ball late in the game with a chance to win or tie. Doesn't matter if the game started off 10-7 to and it's a defensive grind fest or if it's 28 to 31 like we saw in a couple of games yesterday games funnel their way to the final 2 minutes and over the last 3 years there have been 168 fourth quarter comebacks in the NFL regular season the vikings have one of them one 168 fourth quarter comebacks in the NFL regular season over the last 3 years and the vikings have one of them and and again, like I, I had this fight on Twitter last night with people. Well, you, you know, it's you you got to hold a lead and you got you got to take a lead, hold it. Yes, like that is an ideal way to win a game, and that's how the Vikings are built. Yes, you take a lead and you hold it. That would be amazing if that's the way it worked every single time. And you can get to a certain amount of wins doing it that way, but you can't get the amount of wins and you can't get to the level that you want to be without also winning games in which you fall behind in the fourth quarter. Yesterday alone. Eight games were decided or had a chance to be decided inside the final two minutes where a team was down by one score and had the ball. Now, some of them, like the Chiefs, pulled it off and they won the game. Uh, the, the the Packers tied the game and then lost in overtime. And so it is such an important piece to winning. Again, regardless of how the game got to that point, you have to be able to win in those situations. And the Vikings factually and statistically do not win in those situations and it is crippling their chances to accomplish what they want to accomplish. And notice how in this entire diatribe, I, and I don't think you, have said the words Kirk Cousins. I don't think you did. I didn't. No, not yet. Kirk Cousins was excellent yesterday for 95% of the game. And 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 he doesn't have to apologize for really anything yesterday because even in the last 5% of the game, he found Justin Jefferson coming across the, the seam for a potential big game. Jefferson let him down. So yesterday... Kirk Cousins was not really a huge part of this problem. Now, if he had the mobility of like a Kyler Murray or, uh, you know, a Pat Mahomes or something, that would be great. And the Vikings would have more chances to win games like that if they didn't have a statue pocket passer. But statue pocket passer made the throws that he needed to make and Justin Jefferson let him down. Some of the other instances, he does shoulder blame. But make no mistake, the Vikings are god-awful in the last two minutes of games and first half, too. You can pull those stats, too, probably. Um, and it is it is preventing them from going where they want to go. They cannot so. move the football. Like Amen. Two for nine. You cannot move. You, you have gained, when you have needed chunks of yards, I don't care who you want to blame or not blame, you have gained 14 yards. I, I, be, I believe if you combine the three drives against the Titans, Seahawks, and Cowboys that we're talking about. I believe if you combine lost yards on fumbles with positive yardage, I think they are a negative one. Yeah. So what do you what do you have to say then? Because I know that there's people screaming at their audio device and screaming at YouTube right now. You guys, they 
move the ball up and down the field all day. They took the lead two other times in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like, what more do you want them to do? And my answer to that is, do it again. Inside two minutes. No, I've got it. Win the damn game inside two minutes. Kick a damn field goal and tie the game. That's what I was going to say. Get into field goal position. If you could have gotten into field goal position, you beat the Titans. Like, I think Dan Bailey makes it, okay? I think he makes it probably 45 yards, 50 yards. I think he can make it. You're indoors. So give yourself a chance. They literally, there's a problem when you talk about a professional football team that has a late drive, and in two of the three instances we're talking about, I mean, 137 is a lot of time. A lot of time. In fact, the the Vikings' biggest dilemma in the Titans game and the Cowboys game should have been how do we not score too quickly? That should have been the debate. Like that's the debate. Not can we can we even move the football? So yeah, it's <laughs> it's just maddening to watch because there's a level of incompetence that shouldn't exist when you get to a place where it is, as they say, winning time. Yeah. And I in mean, the Vikings, it's like okay, we are not going to do much. I think you know one more thing off this, and then and then we'll keep going around here. Viking statements, but like it's almost like the Vikings think, and and some fans and, and media think. Well, when they take the lead with nine and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter, well, that should be a wrap. Easy game's over. Defense hold serve. What like what gives you the impression watching this defense this season that that's a wrap? Correct. Vikings have a lead with nine minutes to go with nineteen rookies on defense. Do you remember how you felt when Greg Lewis caught that pass in Week uh, Three against San Fran in two thousand nine? Do you remember that elation of oh my god, what did we just see? Yes. Like that's one of the most incredible plays in a regular season game I've seen. I want to see it again. Should it be that much? No. It doesn't even need to be that exciting. No, it just, doesn't. Just freaking march your ass down the field. <laughs> like, sorry. And Justin, and by the way, Justin, you know, Justin Jefferson, catch that ball. Oh, dude. absolutely. Catch that ball. Yeah. So, all right. Vikings inside two minutes. Terrible. Declan. All right. Yeah. It, piggyback, it piggybacks perfect off your guys' point. I can't blame Kirk Cousins for this loss. I, I have no reason to blame Kirk Cousins. He had a near perfect pass rating. I think it was perfect actually going in it was. to that final drive. He finishes the day 20 of 30. 314 yards, 73% completion percentage, uh, three touchdowns, 10 yards per attempt. The dude's still leading the NFL in yards per attempt, despite having arguably his worst year as a Viking. I can't blame Kirk Cousins at all for this loss, and I even see people on Twitter, oh, shocking, Score North is blaming Kirk. Well, first off, uh, thank you for listening, and or two, I don't know if you were actually listening, because none of us said we were blaming Kirk Cousins for this loss. And there's numerous times where we can be nitpicky on him, and there's times where we can hold him accountable more than other people do. But when I look at this loss, I have no blame that can be assessed to Kirk Cousins. He did his part. You weren't able to do it. Actually, I want to piggyback off Declan. We're, we're all out of order here, but this is That's all okay. good, okay? Justin Jefferson deserves more blame than Kirk Cousins for yesterday's loss. Both guys were spectacular for like two hours and 53 minutes of real time yesterday. And when Justin Jefferson dropped that crossing pattern pass... Everybody watching, I'm sure everyone on the sidelines, everyone on offense, probably felt this dreadful rush of air come out of their bodies like, oh, my God. And it's because when you watch some of these other, I brought up the fact that there there were eight games yesterday that the team trailing had the ball inside two minutes with a chance to go ahead or tie the game and push it forward, right? And in a lot of those games, you're talking about mobile quarterbacks who can run around, a Lamar Jackson there are multiple ways to move the ball down the field. If a pass play goes awry, whoop, Kyler Murray, Thursday night, right? Just run out of the pocket. Russell Wilson, go gain 15 yards with your legs. 
Well, Kirk Cousins can't really do that. And so you're reliant on protection in those situations because they know you're not going to run the ball. So you're reliant on protection and wide receivers and tight ends making the plays that they're supposed to make when he gets the ball out. Mm -hmm. And Kirk Cousins got the ball out, and Justin Jefferson let him down yesterday. And and so even though they were both great overall, in that moment where you just, like, Kirk's not going to be able to make up for it by running for 12 yards. You have to catch that ball. Yep. Or the drive is going to stall. That's a nice throw. It's a fine throw. Yep. All right, John. It is a shame that the Vikings ha- have no real hopes of a Super Bowl title or even a playoff run, given Dalvin Cook's season, his performance, and really most importantly, his workload. He has, in the past two games, which came, I believe, six days apart. So, I mean, we're talking about close. He has 66 total touches. That is off the charts. 34 against Chicago, 32 against the Cowboys on Sunday. What they're asking him to do and what he is doing is taking a beating. He's doing a, a, aside from the fumble on Sunday, he's doing, for the most part, a fantastic job. But to have this type of talent and to assign him the workload that you are, it would really be be nice if at the end of of the rainbow, there was a payoff of a Super Bowl or a playoff run, right, of some sort, you were basically going to wear him him down. I mean, Cook's workload to me is the type of thing where in three years when he's absolutely spent and a shell of himself, we're we're like, yeah, but you recall that 2020 campaign. Uh, So it's a shame that there's not going to be more bang for the buck ultimately with what Dalvin Cook is giving you this season. You know, actually, on our production meeting here, we should try to get Eric Eager on tomorrow on Purple Daily from Pro Football Focus because you know I know that fans don't want to hear it because Dalvin Cook is an amazing football player, but he was tweeting about this yesterday. What happens is when you're inside two minutes and the opposing team knows that you're not going to hand the ball off and thus you can't leverage play action to Kirk's strength, etc., you're basically rendering your most important offensive weapon up until two minutes irrelevant. Like you can't use him. Correct. Right? Correct. You can't now you now could you could you throw a check down to him? Of course, but um the defense would love you to throw checkdowns to your running back. Yeah, he's when, not the threat. You know? So Absolutely. It's tough when you're when your offense is so dependent on Dalvin Cook, it really does mean that you have to have leads and hold leads and lean on teams. And when you're not he can't really do anything about it except sit back and pass protection yep. and try to prevent uh, Kirk from getting. But hit. I mean, he is going to be spent here. Like he he's going to have next year, and probably the the next year. But I mean, this year is going to catch up to him. And AP AP was not the norm. I mean, that guy that guy took a beating and played for a long time, and still, unfortunately for us, continues to, uh, to try and play. But Dalvin Cook. Is going to this is going to come back to get him eventually, and that's a shame that in the year that he's being asked to do all of this, that you're not going to have a realistic chance of getting to the playoffs and at least making some type of run. And on the positive side, uh, he did go over a thousand yards for the second time in his career yesterday, and there's still yeah. like six games left to play or whatever the math 66 is. Sixty so. six touches in two in six days. Yeah, he's averaging just under six yards per touch on the wow. season. Most of those on the ground. All right, Declan, Viking statements continue. Another phenomenal segue, and my statement is, where the hell is Alexander Madison? I mean, yesterday, just five offensive snaps. He had five offensive snaps against the Bears, and I understand that Dalvin Cook was an absolute freak against the Bears, but you could still get him in. 
There's been games this season, at least in the first four games, his touches went, or at least his snaps, excuse me, for Alexander Madison went 19, 10, 16, 15, 43. That's when Dalvin was out against Seattle. 27 against the Falcons. He had 16 against the Lions. Yes, he doesn't have to be getting 25 to 30 snaps a game, like because obviously Dalvin Cook's going to get probably 75 to 80% of the snaps, but you've got to figure out a way to get him at least 15, at least 10 to 15 snaps a game. Just five snaps for him. He's a very capable back. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can spell Dalvin. I, I think you have to figure out a way to get him involved into, into the offense because then if Dalvin Cook is going to get 35, 40 touches and he breaks down, man, it, it's, it's a tough. So you have to get Alexander Madison into this offense more. I'm going to move away from the offense for the first time here because there's plenty of meat on the bone with some of the other phases of the Vikings yesterday. Marwin Maloof, oh boy, Vikings special teams coordinator, oh boy, a household name. <laughs> my statement is that he'd better freshen up his LinkedIn page ASAP. Nice. What a month for this unit. So not only did you have multiple gaffes, you know, you have the blocked punts in the Lions game. You've had you've had long snapper controversy, and uh, and Austin Cutting was not active yesterday. So uh, the game starts with a muffed punt by K.J. Osborne yesterday. Illegal motion penalty on the fake punt that we saw. And then an illegal block in the back also by Chris Boyd, who's not he's not defending like in blocking. He's trying to tackle and shoving people out of the way from the back as a gunner. Yep. And um, and I and I would just like part of me was was feeling a little bit bad for Marwan Maloof and that when. Britton Colquitt is dropping back to pass on that fake punt, and he sees a wide-open Chris Boyd, and they pull this thing off. For that fleeting moment, he's probably thinking, yes, finally, I've got something. I've got Mike Zimmer's approval. I've got something. We prepared. I've done it. I'm not going to lose my job It's going to be Monday. amazing. And then, oh, no, what's that flag on the field? Chris Boyd was jumping up and down and moving. He was so excited that they got the look for the fake punt. That he couldn't contain himself, yes, and uh, and a lack of discipline winds up wiping out the play, which is the absolute summary of the Vikings special team so far this season. So, Marwan Malouf, I'm sure you're a nice guy. You better have LinkedIn Premium starting tomorrow. The two coaching jobs in sports, beyond a shadow of a doubt, where you do not want want to be talked about because it's always bad: special teams in football, third base in baseball. <laughs> Like it's sure. never like if you're being talked about, it's always something's gone wrong. Yeah, no one ever says, "Man, that third base coach, Tony what Diaz, a great send." Did you yeah. see him waving guys around? It's like, why was he waving the guy against Cleveland? What's he doing? Those are two jobs you do not want to be talked about. You don't want people to know who you are. Marwin Maloof wishes his name never came up on any show. Yeah, and it's it's popping up all the time now. So, all right, back to Judd. The Vikings defense. We have found the Achilles heel, and it's this. If you can run the football and even and even have a modicum of a pass game, you are going to be trouble because of this one. The Bears game, so the Vikings pressured Foles, right? But it's because the Bears can't run, and so there, there was no threat. So it was basically, okay, Nick, we're going to pressure you. And if you can win the game, that's fine. But ultimately, we all knew Nick Foles couldn't, right? Andy Dalton's no great shakes, but when you've got Zeke and a run game, now the Vikings probably don't feel as comfortable pressuring because of the threat of the run. And we saw like the draws and the the delayed runs on Sunday gave the Vikings trouble. 
So the flaw here, and it's a big flaw, is if you can run the football, you can ultimately, you have found a way to have success against this defense. And because of their personnel, I don't think there's a thing that they can do. Like, I don't think that that you can go out now and, what, get Michael Pierce back? In 2021, you can. But that's the problem. So the Bears pose no real threat. The Cowboys did, and the Cowboys had success. And every other team now that can run the football for the uh, rest of this Vikings schedule is going to mimic what the Cowboys did. Yeah, I mean, the Vikings actually came into the game. I think they were like 10th in uh, yards per rushing attempt allowed. So they weren't a disaster stopping the run leading into this game. But they were a disaster in the game. 180 yards or whatever it was it on was like 180 six yards per carry. So it was not good. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll uh, say what Judd's been also saying a few times earlier this year, and it's something I think we talked about in the offseason, but how did you not sign a veteran quarterback, cornerback, excuse me, mm-hmm. uh, with guys like Chris Jones, Chris Boyd, and obviously Jeff Gladney I think is on a, a good track here. Uh, I think Cameron Dantzler is going to be a good cornerback too. But how you did not go into this offseason, knowing that was going to be weird because of COVID situation, you could not sign a veteran corner. It was going to be an uphill battle getting rookies already to try to learn a playbook, an NFL playbook from distance learning, right? Ready to know how difficult distance learning is for anyone, let alone an NFL player. And I have no idea how you just could not go sign a veteran minimum corner to ease that transition. I'm not saying he would step in and he'd be, you know, a Pro Bowl stopper kind of guy, but I can guarantee any veteran cornerback that was on the free agent market that you could have got for a one-year, 7 to $10 million, would have been a better option right now than 90% of the cornerbacks the Vikings have. And Chris Jones, what are you talking Dude. about? All right, actually, that, seg- we're segueing very well here. We are. Another statement. Great Chris show. Jones is one of these cornerbacks that could use, I don't know, a little, little nudge in the, in the <laughs> tackling game. Chris Jones made a business decision yesterday on the 42-yard run by Pollard that should cost him his job. And I'm not I'm not like call for jobs guy. I don't call that's my, for that's my job. coaches to be fired. That's more of a Judd thing. Thank you. But I don't know how you can go into the film room and show a bunch of young cornerbacks that play probably multiple times and be okay with him being on your roster. Like it would be one thing if he missed a tackle or got fooled or something, right? Yeah. He he saw the running back coming through the hole. He he he, he <laughs> He, he saw his chance to make a tackle, and he literally, like, stopped in his tracks and kind of threw his hands up yeah. to avoid contact. Yeah, that's right. Why are you making business decisions without job security? What are you doing? It, like, there, there aren't that many things that really just, like, get me to call for someone's head or their job, but lack of effort in a key spot like that, I'm sorry, dude. You, you add no value to this team anymore. Like, you, if you can't... If you can't be trusted to try on a play like that, I'm sorry. Like, I can't have you on my team. So, Chris Jones, also LinkedIn Premium. I think it's like 50 bucks a month. I don't know. Just try it. Is it good? Is it good? Does it help a lot? Well, it's a resume-building website. LinkedIn Premium. Yes. The Vikings offensive line on Sunday took a step backward. I, I know that you both were going through the PFF grades. And I don't know, is Ezra Cleveland that important? I mean, he's your right guard. He's a rookie. Um, seems like a lot of pressure to put on the kid. But the Vikings offensive line, which really post by, had stabilized, and especially uh, in the run game, was playing really pretty well, I think, took a definite step backwards on Sunday, which should not shock us, but it's a little bit disappointing. And again, I asked the question, 
is Ezra Cleveland that important? Because he he's been the missing ingredient. It, w- it wasn't when that this position. Line does not, right, but I, I'm just like, has he stabilized things sure. that much? I'm joking to a certain point, yeah, but well, uh, that's a definite step backwards for them. So Brett Jones actually was the was the best graded offensive lineman for the Vikings in yesterday's game, and it wound up being uh, Dakota Dozier and Garrett Bradbury that were the biggest disasters. And actually, Riley Reef had probably his worst game of the year, PFF wise. Okay. He had, uh, Riley Reef was a 46 grade out of 100 overall. Bradbury was 38. So these guys were all terrible. And Dakota Dozier just got forklifted a couple times in the pass protection game. So, yeah. But Brett Jones, right guard. Nice job. Way to go, Brett. Hey, back to this episode of Purple Daily here in just a second. Very depressing episode, which the Vikings playoff hopes have dwindled. Now, your hope as a business owner of, I don't know, finding an insurance company that gives you frontline protection and peace of mind is very, very good. Whereas the Vikings only have like a 20% chance to make the playoffs, according to 538.com. I would say you have a much higher percentage of finding a partnership that works for you with Federated. Federatedinsurance.com, Federated INS on Twitter for fresh, relevant risk management content, and over 100 years of experience in helping and standing behind business owners federatedinsurance.com to find out all about the trusted resources you could get access to. And remember, at Federated, it's always our business to protect yours. Uh, Dex, what else? Yeah, I got, I got one more. It's something I mentioned on Mackie and Judd, but I, I just I keep harping on it, too, just because it was, this was a golden opportunity to keep your season alive and keep your playoffs alive. And Phil mentioned that the 538 projections still had the Vikings at 20%. But, I mean, football outsiders dropped the Vikings playoff odds by 11.5% yesterday with that loss. So now they're at just 82 according to Football Outsiders. And, and look, I, Football Outsiders is a little more harsher, um, I, I believe, than 538 would be. But I, I think this was a gigantic I think 538's great at polling. What do yeah, you mean? what are you talking about? They're, uh, no one ever rips them for polling and, and everything else. So uh, I, I think it was just a gigantic step backwards just because going into the game at the Packers lost, which they did, you'd be two games back. You'd be a game back of the last wild card spot. The Cardinals lost again yesterday. This was It was a gigantic missed opportunity for the Vikings. And yeah. uh, and. They're, you know, if crazier things have happened, could they rattle off six straight wins and finish 10 and six? Yeah, they could. But this was a, a big missed opportunity for the Vikings. I'm pretty certain they're not going to now. Thank you, Jeff. I'm pretty certain six straight wins aren't in the cards for no. that club. And that's where my, my final statement is that yesterday's loss seemingly rendered those three consecutive wins almost pointless. Like, that's what it feels like. Man. That if you were going to win those three games in a row. You can't then just like lose in that fashion to Dallas. Make it count. Go forward. You're going to beat the Bears in Chicago. You're going to beat the Packers. Beat these teams at home that you're better than. And now it just feels like you're smack dab back in no man's land record wise now and just headed right for seven to nine, which is the worst possible scenario for this team in a in a quarterback. Which gets your draft. draft pick what twelve. Yeah, right now uh, they are 13th. Yeah. Yeah, they have uh, our, our friends at Tankathon have Wyatt Davis going to them, an interior offensive lineman from Ohio State. Great. One pick above them, the New England Patriots taking Zach Wilson from BYU. Wow. If that happens, I will riot somewhere. Oh I'm not quite can sure yet where, but I'll find a place. God, can you I got one more because I would like to end this on a high note. I would like to find a positive because there were positives. And this to me... This, to me, among all of the potential positives on Sunday, might be, or is my top one, 
The 39-yard touchdown pass from Cousins to Jefferson was a thing of beauty. Mm-hmm. Highlighted what both of these men are capable of doing and should be a precursor to something that we see on a regular basis. There is not Kirk, one, that's not a fluke. He can make that throw. Jefferson, yes, the crossing route drop is a terrible drop, but Jefferson is a very talented player who can make that catch. And keep in mind, he was covered closely, so this was not a fluke, okay? Mm -hmm. That touchdown pass is something that Kubiak, Zimmer, and everyone else should see on film and say, more of that, please, because it it is a play that can be replicated by all parties involved. That's my positive. Yeah, and like, it's... It should have resulted in a win yesterday, you know, mm-hmm. for him to be finding Thielen like that and Jefferson. It's just like it is. It's. I know people are saying the Seattle the Seattle loss was maybe more of a buzzkill because Russell Wilson came all the way down. I don't know. I went into the Seattle game thinking, yeah, Russell Wilson's probably going to win this in the fourth quarter if it's close. I that was a total. And they had won three straight games. Yeah, the, like that's the thing is. Yeah, the expectations going into Seattle were a little bit more like. Okay, they're 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 one and three. Right. This is a game they're probably going to lose. Right. Yesterday's game was definitely the most devastating. So, um, but the good news is the Packers lost hilariously. Uh, they blew a fourteen nothing lead at halftime. Was it fourteen? It was a no yeah, twenty eight four twenty eight to fourteen. Yes, a fourteen point lead. And nothing's more hilarious than Packer Ventline, our friends on the fan in Milwaukee, the Green and Gold post game show, taking depressing Packer fan calls. Packers such a soft and complacent organization. Our special teams have been bad for a decade. Whether it's Sean Slocum, Ron Zook, had to be about the worst ever. Now we've got we've got a punt block this year, punt return. Well, and Gary, going back to your point before the break about why players don't come here, this I remember um, Darrell Rivas saying he was shocked Green Bay never called him, and that's that was what we did under Ted. And obviously, Newt has done a little bit more, but. We like our guys. We're complacent. Go, Pat, go! <laughs> uh, I, I, the, I never heard the Darrell Rivas thing. So apparently he kind of wanted to play for the Packers and was waiting remember. for a phone call. I don't remember. I don't remember either. Go, Pat, go! This proves to me that this is just going to set us up for heartbreak. We're going to get in the playoffs and we're going to beat the Seahawks or some wild card team at Lambeau and then we're going to lose. And the further we win, the more our heart's going to be broken because, God forbid, if we get to the Super Bowl, we are going to lose to the Steelers or the Chiefs or the Titans. There is absolutely no way. And I don't want to get to a Super Bowl and lose it because <laughs> history has shown it. If you get to a Super Bowl and you lose it, you have a hangover. <laughs> well, no, you're going to have a hangover regardless, dude. You're going to have one no matter what. Oh, okay. okay, that – okay. Just stop quickly. That's the difference between Packers fans and Vikings fans. Right. This dude is talking about, I don't want to win a first-round playoff game and then lose in the second. Like, we're, we are like, you're going to get to the playoffs maybe and then lose in heartbreak fashion in the first round, right? I love how Packer fan is like, we're going to get to the Super Bowl and then we're going to lose and it's going to be a heartbreak. You know, I'll take that heartbreak here in Minnesota. They look at it and go, well, we have a Hall of Fame quarterback, so that's good enough, and we hope to catch lightning in the bottle. Well, that's, you know, that, that, that's really what the frustration is, I think, for all of the Packer fans out there right now, is, uh, you know, we're sitting there 
you know, we're, we're, we're trying to catch the lightning in the bottle, and it ain't happening. It doesn't work. And uh, we don't see enough moves being made. And I'd have to put this loss more so on, on Goody and, and uh, all those moves that they don't make. The best. Poor, poor Packers. We're going to get to the Super Bowl. You know what's ridiculous, too? The Vikings, you know, think about how much more fun Packer Ventline would have been today if the Vikings held up their end of the bargain and yeah. didn't blow that game. Oh, because they'd be panicking, right? Best opportunity. You'd, they'd be panicky. You'd have panicky Packer fans. You'd have a four straight win Vikings team with two home yeah. games on the horizon again. And here we are. So, well, get back to six and six and make it interesting. We'll we'll see. I mean, I, the, the ship has sailed on tanking at this point. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. you might as well try yeah. and win these next two games and see what happens. Teddy, hey yeah, Teddy, what's, is is he likely to play? He, well, he warmed up yesterday, I believe. Yeah, he then, practiced okay. on Friday. Yeah, and practice was limited. I'm guessing he'll be all right. Okay, guessing. Doctor Declan on the scene. That's right. That's right. Do not take my medical advice. Dex will be incredibly disappointed <laughs> if I, Teddy does not play. He I, will be very. He'll be heartbroken. Well, I don't know, like. Maybe it would be okay if he didn't play, because then I wouldn't be conflicted. Like, do I... I want you conflicted. Dude, what's going to happen if he plays and just puts up, like, 350 yards and four touchdowns? Or it's a close game, two-minute drive for the Panthers, and he wins it for him. Teddy gets it done. Like, do I want my past love to show me what I'm missing, or do I want my past love to fall on her face? Which one do I want? Well, but I think you still love him. I am still in love with him. So you want him... To succeed, I do. It's tough, man. It's it's tough being the one that. Declan, you know what? If you are going to take a week mm-hmm. off from, from your regular squeeze, it's okay. Like if you're going to take this week, if you're if you are going to say, <laughs> "I'm with guys, I'm a Panther fan for one week." I'm fine. With I'm this okay too. with it. Don't it, like don't don't oh. try and deny it. This is what counseling is all about. I mean, we're going to places on this show. That most people, because they're not licensed therapists, can't go. But I think way. we need to go there. Four weeks ago, you had a chat with the Vikings. And you said, listen, honey, okay, mm-hmm. I, I can't keep operating like this. Something has to change. Your defense has to change. The way in which you operate offensively has to change. And the weapons in which you feature most prominently have to change. And they did those things. And the relationship was solid for three weeks. And then all of a sudden... It went, off, it went off the rails again. They're back to their old tricks. And and your ex is calling. I'm not and sure her name is, is Ted. I'm not sure this is a football conversation. I think I actually had this conversation. <laughs> so um, I don't know how you were able to weasel your way into that one, but uh, that sounds way too familiar to Some me. Some things so, to change. Things to change. Just switch to Teddy for a week, man. It's okay. That's a wrap. We're giving you permission. That's a wrap right. on this episode of Purple Daily with Mackie and Judd, part of the Score North network of shows. ScoreNorth.com is also where you can find Judd Zolgad's uh, written musings about the Vikings and the game yesterday. And uh, if you didn't see it yesterday, Vikings Ventline, available in both audio and video form. Apple, Spotify, ScoreNorth.com, and also YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow.